We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. This podcast celebrates generosity at work, not financial giving. Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Our special guest today is Frank Patterson, president and CEO of Trillis Studios, the second largest purpose-built film studio in North America, where Avengers, Endgame, WandaVision, and The Suicide Squad were produced, among others. Most recently, he led the transition of the studio from a facilities business to a three-pillar business focused on content, technology, and world-class facilities. What I appreciate most about you, Frank, is your authenticity, humility, and genuine interest in figuring out what is both wise and practical. Welcome to ROG, Frank. Thanks, Shannon. So great to see you again. I just love your energy and I'm excited to be here. Ah, me too. Me too. I can't wait to talk to you about this topic that I think is so organic to you that it might be difficult even for you to suss out like what what do I do exactly? Yeah. <laughs> and I know I love what you're doing, this focus on generosity. I I um you got me thinking. This is gonna be fun. Good. Awesome. So why don't we talk a little bit about your background? You know, how do we have the privilege of Frank Patterson in our lives? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I've I realized the other day this is my 40th year in the film business. What? And I know I don't look it. Not so at all. uh uh, but I started in 1983, you know, as a filmmaker shooting commercials and writing and directing my own stuff. And I, I, I actually loved teaching um, uh, as a grad student. You know, I just loved the, the whole teaching process and the making process. So I just continued that track for the rest of my career. I've been an educator uh, and, a, and a filmmaker, film executive ever since. Um, uh, and uh, I've uh, also... Um, by the way, my mom says if I wasn't a filmmaker, I'd be a musician. So I'm also a musician. She thinks I should be a musician first. Okay. I don't know if that's what that says about the films I'm involved with. But anyway, uh, uh, so I'm a passionate musician. And if I weren't here at the studios, I'd probably be on tour with Walt Wilkins in, in Texas somewhere right now. I uh, that's my real, I, I love music. So What I'm is your instrument or how do you? A piano. I sing and play piano. Oh my gosh, and, that's so uh, So, um I have two kids, uh, one who uh, is graduating next month from Florida State, and then I have another one who is an AD and assistant director in the movie business in Los Angeles, who just got married. Uh, my wife's an actress, Leslie France. She was, you may have seen her recently in Where the Crawdads Sing or the show The Resident. Um, I'm very lucky. I'm a very lucky person, but that's basically my background. That's incredible. Where were you raised, Frank? I was raised in Texas. Texas. In the hill country outside of Austin, a little town called Bernie. Uh, and uh, went to Baylor University and got very lucky. Uh, it was a program that was beginning a kind of uh, a new kind of digital approach to content back in the 80s, right? Mm -hmm. Long time ago, early 80s. And uh, really I was always a storyteller. I kind of got a little writing scholarship out of high school that put me to school. And I've always loved story and uh, just the idea of sort of 
you know, thinking critically and speaking clearly through a lens of a camera and exploring the human condition, all that stuff mm. is just really exciting to me. That's incredible. Oh, thank you for that background. So talk to me about generosity. You said this got you thinking. What are some of the things that you've been thinking about related to generous leadership? Yeah. Well, first of all, I love that you're doing this because I think this is, you're targeting, uh, you know, a kind of theme that I think is so critically important right now, generally in the world and specifically how we can execute in the business world, right? So for me, generosity is at the end of the day about my headspace personally. And what I mean by that is, you know, folks like us learn pretty quickly that time is our most valuable resource, right? And But when you boil it down, the cash value of time is really your attention. And where you point your attention, right? And some, I, I over the in last probably 10 years, once this sort of came to me, I realized I've got to be very deliberate about my attention. Because you know what it's like if, if you're married or, 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 or with someone special and they say, you're with me, but where are you, right? Just because you're spending time with them doesn't mean you are focused, your, your attention is focused with them. And so right. the cash value of time is attention mm-hmm. and how I use my attention turns out to be, that, that kind of headspace turns out to be the most important tool in generosity. So at Trilla Studios, one of our core values, we have four big core values. One of them is second mile service, right? Looking for the opportunity to go the extra mile beyond what's expected for, you know, your customer, for your colleague, for just a stranger who walks in the door, being able to focus your attention enough to see them, really see them, Right. Get everything else out of your head. See what they're looking at. If they're lost, if they're determined, whatever it is, recognizing what they need, knowing what they expect of you, and going that extra mile. Right. So that's huge. And I got to tell you, we we we, yeah. we focus on this all the time, uh, from literally our security team. Uh, who, by the way, we since since you and I uh, since you were last here, we recently made a change to turn our security team. And as you might imagine, at a movie studio like ours, security is extremely important, right? Uh, this is the the property that our filmmakers make. The intellectual property has to be protected. That's very important. And when you pull up to our studio, there's a security team that greets you. Well, we're changing that to a guest services model. It's a guest reception team, who, by the way, has a security component, but being able to have a team member that focuses their attention on you upon arrival and really quickly recognizes what you need and being able to take that second mile, never knowing what that is. As you know, I can give you a bunch of routines. You know, you go to a store, a grocery store, and you can tell folks have been trained in certain stores to take you to the aisle when you ask for something. Well, that's a routine that you've been trained to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But being able to really pay attention to someone mm-hmm. and see what they need or see where they are is really beyond the routines. And it kind of reminds yeah. me of that yeah. very famous, one of her most famous mm-hmm. quotes, Maya Angelou, who you know says that very classic, beautiful, memorable thing that people forget what you said, they forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you make them feel. And that 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 sort of making certain that my attention yeah. with my team members, I'm just thinking about my team members uh, when I engage 
it's and, and I'm getting it to be pretty routine over the last 10 years, but really genuinely focusing my attention on what they need. And, um, and of course, that ranges from just an immediate problem that needs to be solved where I can help move a boulder or something to uh, literally uh, being able to recognize they're not in their right place at this moment. I wonder what's going on in their lives. And I've been focusing my attention on their lives. And I know who's in their lives, who their kids are, and what's important to them. And being able to see something's not right and having the, the safe place and the spirit of generosity that allows us to ask each other, are you okay, right? That genuine care that uh, can only come from uh, the generosity of focused attention. So it's a long-winded way of saying that to me, it's that at the end of the day, it's, it's just, are you really genuinely focusing your attention on the other or not? Absolutely. And that's really why you come to mind when I think about generous leadership, because as you know, we've been through a lot together Mm -hmm. in the past and your ability to just block out anything else that has nothing to do with the individual. Like, what does that person need? How can we support them? What do we need to do? And you rally people around. And I think that is an indicator of like that you genuinely prioritize that exactly what you're saying. I'm noticing people, I'm recognizing the needs, I'm willing to postpone whatever else we had on the agenda for the day because this is more paramount to me, right? So really putting people first. And what's cool about that is that it becomes infectious, right? Yep. So it becomes people realize, oh wow, that really felt great. And then when they see it in another and they realize Wow, I've got to pay attention to that person who I'm working yeah. with, you know, and yeah. and then it, and then of course, you know, selfishly, it comes back to me, you know. Yeah, good. Yeah, let's talk about that. Literally, a team members checking in with you. You know, I can tell. I know today, Tracy will say to me, you know, uh, I know today you've got this meeting, and I, I, I know you're probably nervous about it. So let's focus on what we can do together to get you prepared, right? Yeah, that anticipating. What do people need? I love that. How do I use my attention? And then you talked about that second mile service, right? It's not just like giving someone their agenda, but it's the thoughtfulness of like, how can we prepare you and what might you need and what might you be thinking? So that really paying attention. That's right. Well, and the difference being if, if we said, look, just go the extra mile. Well, it reminds me of the service person at a restaurant who comes up and says, what else do you need? Versus the seasoned person who comes up and says, let me get you something. Let me refill that drink for you. Because they're paying attention, right? And so uh, that second mile service really only works if we're genuinely paying attention. Because if I have to ask you what you need, your natural response is I'm fine, right? And so it it it, it just perpetuates this kind of generosity or generous spirit uh, if we're good at it. And it takes concentration and practice. And I I mean, you know, uh, it's all just muscle building, right? Totally. And you use the example of your guest reception team and Tracy, you know, your, your internal team. I think it's also helpful to think about our peer groups, right? How are we doing this second mile service in all these areas of our lives, right? That's right. And, and, you know, well, I have a. I'm I'm very close to, as you might imagine, a lot of studio operators and producers, and um, you know, peers and colleagues who uh, either I've known them for decades and we like working together, or I know of them and we know of each other. Uh, and you know, for me, it's critically important that when they 
you know, the first time they walk in on Trillis, you know, either stages or here in the town or whatever, that they get a sense that we have been thinking about them, you mm-hmm. know, that they they feel cared for. Yeah. Or at least that we've thought about, you know, their arrival and what they need mm-hmm. and before they even get here. Right. And 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 that kind of peer to peer thinking, it, it's like uh, welcoming a neighbor in in your house yeah. or anything else. You want them to feel at home in your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, it 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 just it, it really translates across sort of every aspect of your professional life. And as you might imagine, it blurs the professional and personal because. These are all gifts we can use in our personal lives, Without and we should. It's just hard. Yes. Uh, you know, it's hard, sure, sure. especially when you have a tough day and, you know, you get into a problem that is consuming. I just went through a kind of three-week period of a real challenging situation um, uh, with one of our portfolio companies, and I just found myself obsessing over these potential solutions. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I caught myself not paying attention to my team members, right? Yeah. And it's one of those moments. Now, of course, I had a lot of people coming around me saying, what's going on in your head? You know, so they're saying, let's let's solve together, right. right? But it's just that reminder that no matter how challenging the circumstance, being uh, available, open, mm-hmm. keeping that generous spirit sure. um, ends up being a great resource for you, mm-hmm. even though you're giving to others. It, is, it always comes back. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Do you have any best practices or when you talked about habits and behavior and, and all of that, like kind of routine habits for helping you to come back to paying attention? Because when you talked about the yes. value of time as attention, right? I mean, what are the ways that we can get ourselves Oh, back my gosh. There? I got to tell you, and I won't go down this rabbit hole because I could spend an hour on this. But in the last couple of years, I started focusing intensely on sleep. And my team members are tired of hearing about it. Okay. but Our listeners brain, aren't tired of hearing about it. So yeah, go I got to tell you, they, the sleep, sleep an effective rest for your brain Mm -hmm. that allows you to spend time that you need to sort of organize the thoughts in your head, to get uh, some deep sleep, genuine rest, uh, to to allow, I won't go into the biology of it because that's a long discussion, but but literally uh, to sort of cleanse your brain, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Is the thing that when I wake up in the morning, and so I wear this, this particular technology in my hand that monitors what I've done, um, I know that if I uh, don't get a good night's rest two or three, four days in a row, my ability to pay attention is gone. Mm -hmm. So I literally made the correlation a couple of years ago between my effectiveness at work Mm -hmm. as a leader and as a colleague and as a business partner and my ability to sleep. Now, I like wine. I drink wine. I am a, right? I mean, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I love it and, too. Um, there's certain bourbons I really like too, okay. okay? Well, it turns out I had to change my behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Significantly because unfortunately that, um, you know, alcohol uh, uh, affects your heart rate and your ability to fall into deep sleep. And I, there was a direct correlation between whether I had a drink 
and how much attention I could pay the next day. Oh my goodness. And so I'm just like, this is crazy. Right. And then of course it's related to exercise. If I get enough exercise in the day, yep. don't have that glass of wine and go to sleep and get the hours that I need, right? Mm -hmm. I am a good colleague at work. I can pay attention and all of a sudden my generosity is authentic. Yes. I'm not having to put, you know, go through the mental exercise. Sure. So I, I would say that the, the number one focus and and really my routine uh, is 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 all bent around. There's a a, a researcher named Dr. Matthew Walker. Yes, oh, he's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and and it it really kind of woke me up. Actually, his book scared the heck out of me. I got to be honest with you. When I read it, it was a couple few years ago. Right, he has that sleep as your superpower TED talk. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. And he also has a book. I think it's called How We Sleep or Why We Sleep. Yeah. And, but anyway. Um, I read it and then I, I went down a, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm killing myself here. You know, yeah. and it turns out, you know, it was like, wow, this impacts my efficacy with my colleagues at work. Mm -hmm. And so then I've been promoting that idea here for the last couple of years. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that. What a great tip. <laughs> so everyone take a peek at Matt Walker's work and think about how you could improve your sleep because, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's those practical things that are right in front of our face that we just ignore and we go to try to tackle some of these other things and you think, well, what if I just modified my personal routine a little and, right. and see, you know, right. test it out and see. And you're saying that, yes, in fact, it makes a significant difference. That's right. Yeah. So going back to generosity and your own career, like give me an example of uh, an individual or a situation that you would say was really generous. You, you, you called yourself lucky, you know, you are taking right. account for some of your fortune, but is there like a standout person or a situation that you would identify? And it doesn't need to be huge, but you would say, this is just a memorable example of someone being generous to me. Oh boy. Uh, I'll give you a couple examples that are really easy that come to mind. Colonel Paul Matthews, um, uh, when I was 21 years old, and he was appointed to a new position at Baylor University. Um, at, uh, and it, must, it was called something like the director of recidivism. And so basically his job was to kind of get kids to, you know, put programs in place to help college kids actually graduate. Now, for a lot of reasons that are Funny, we can talk about it another time. I flunked out of college twice in a row. I was mm -hmm. I was touring with a band. I had no interest in like, you know, and I flunked out. And, you know, I was a great student in high school, but, you know, a lot of personal things that were going on in my family. And I was just like, ah, you know, anyway. And um, I uh, uh, woke up one morning, uh, actually in a dumpster in, in Dallas, Texas, after this place we were playing and I, the sun was rising over the dumpster lid. And I remember thinking, I should change my life. And I called my mom and we went back to Baylor and met this Dr. Paul Matthews, uh, Colonel Paul Matthews. And he just got it. And he just said, you know, my mom was like, oh, he really needs to focus on his grades. And he's got, he, he was a great performer in high school. I don't know what happened. And Colonel Matthews said, what do you love? And I said, I love to play the piano. I love, I love the arts. I'm a writer and blah, blah, blah. And he said, great. We have this great place called Roxy Grove here at Baylor where all these grand pianos are. And how, how much do you like to play? I said, I play all the time. He said, three, four hours a day. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, okay, it's yours. And I'm going to book you a room. And you're going to be playing in there every day, night. When do you like to play? Great. Anyway, he said, great, awesome. Let's do it. And I, I think he may have been making this plan up because he was new in his position, you know, but he was into me. He He's was, like, I'll find you piano. Yeah, he was like, and he said, okay, the rest of the time is mine though. So let's put this plan together. And it mm. was a genuine connection with me that was in the spirit of generosity that really made me think, wow, this person gets me. He's paying attention to me, mm-hmm. right? And it and it turned me around. I mean, I, my mom likes to say I, make, I made both dean's lists. I was kicked out and then I was a 4.0 student. You know, and it really was good timing. And then a recent uh, example that just happened here at Trillith, again, where it just kind of comes back to you. Uh, Mm. My mom, who now is 80 and was Mm -hmm. celebrating her 80th birthday in November, and she uh, lives in town here at Trillith, the town that we're building, which I can't wait for you to see again. It's just amazing, right? Yeah, I can't wait next week. She had been here about five or six months. And we were going to have her 80th birthday party, uh, and we're going to do it on a stage here and have a dance and invited only our closest family. But this is the Mexican side of my family. So 37 people were coming in, our close families, right? And um, uh, I I started panicking a little bit. I'm like, wait a minute, we better get some hotel rooms because, you know, uh, I got to figure out how to put all these people up. And I spent about a week doing it. And then I called mom and said, mom, I think I have this kind of worked out where people's going to stay. And she said, oh, no, honey, this is, there's no need for that. Everyone's going to stay here in Trillith. I said, well, we haven't finished building the hotel. She said, no, 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 no. It's um, all my neighbors have just gathered around and decided to put up the family. They just came to me. So literally, these people, I have no idea who they are. But this, these are town members here in Trillith who really believe in our vision for building this place, which we, you know how it is when you set a vision uh, Shannon, sometimes you're like, are we really getting there or not? <laughs> you know, are we building this place and is it working? And I saw through this incredible act of generosity, these seven, eight neighbors to my mom right here. And by the way, of course, they were at the party, so I got to know them. But 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 they just generously gave of their homes and they fed my family. It was crazy. It turned out to be a great thing. Yeah, and it was utter community, and it, I didn't see it coming. Wow. I had no idea that would happen, and it was just beautiful. Gosh. It was utter generosity. Don't people just amaze you? I know. Right? I, know. I mean, like, I think sometimes, just, I'll, I'll admit, I'm, in, I'm limited in my <laughs> imagination of how right. great people actually are, <laughs> just how creative we can be, you know, yeah. and that whole collective spirit. It's like if one person volunteered their home, that would help a couple of your family members. But the fact that it got galvanized and everyone, you know, I mean, gosh, what a what a gift to your mom and right. you and just to all of us. Right. This story. Side, you can never imagine going to your neighbors and saying, hey, by the way, I got a bunch of family in. Can you, you know, right? I mean, that would be, what a strange ask. But what an incredibly human, you know, um, it's that Chris Christopherson song, Here Comes That Rainbow Again. You know, you just, you, you got to remember those rainbows do exist. Oh, I love that. So you talked about your vision and Trillith. I would love for you to to share with our listeners, what are you building down there and what is your vision and mission? Yeah, so really this, and it's a big vision, (laughs) you recall, Shannon. Uh, You know, we see uh, at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're building this place that has uh, every resource 
great storytellers need to do anything they can imagine. So that's a big idea, and 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 we we recognize it, right? But we happen to work with great storytellers, and we know what they need. And you know, it's it's if you think about how you practically build that kind of vision, we're, we we focus our resources on what we call a creative market ecosystem, and all that means is. What are the businesses that we need to invest in uh, or co-locate here at Trilith? And who are the brains? Who are the people that we need to have here that together create these resources that are required so that storytellers can do anything they can imagine? And so, you know, right away, if you're a filmmaker, you're thinking, you know, equipment and talent and, you know, technology and resources. Yes, very much. But you know, we're all humans. So we have also the Piedmont Wellness Center, which is a world-class 65,000-square-foot wellness center. So any production that ever is here, the crew, the entire crew, has a free membership to this wellness center, right? No studio is doing that right now in the United States. I mean, that's just not part of it. We have a sort of chef-curated um, locally owned restaurants. We don't have any brands, you know, nothing wrong against some great brands, but we just want makers who are local makers who are looking, using local resources. We have now, uh, I can't wait for you to get here, Shannon. We have now um, eight or nine restaurants of the 15 up Right. Yeah. And, and, and they're great restaurants and, and you can, it has this feeling of local because it is local. Right. And we have, you know, our own school um, and we have the good fortune of living uh, in a part of the United States or in this county that has really great public schools. So a lot of folks go to public schools, but we also have a lot of folks that want a different educational approach. And so we have the forest school uh, led by Dr. Tyler Thigpen here. Uh, and in at Trilith, and um, you know, just thinking about silly things like we have amazing dog park, we have incredible reflection parks, and the idea that can we build a place that really is a great place to live because mm-hmm. a place where you can sleep well, by the way, <laughs> yes. and be prepared as a storyteller to use these resources we've created to do anything you can imagine. And so that's yes. the vision. Our mission at the end of the day is we're, we're setting the stage for the great storytellers to uh, inspire the world. And this stage, right, is really as a place. A lot of folks think of yes. us as a studio, but it really is a place. And that's the stage we're mm-hmm. setting uh, so that great storytellers can inspire the world. Incredible. I mean, it sounds like the accumulation of so many of the best of the best. Like, what do people need to be their best, right? They need community. They need healthy food. They need fitness. They need places to be reflective, right? They need that second mile service where people are anticipating their needs. How can they be supported? And then, you know, that thoughtfulness about how can we create an environment where people are liberated to really express themselves? And that's where we're going to get those creative juices flowing. That's right. I think that's so important. Well, and it's, it's also, it's interesting how the different development models over time, and then just look at the history of the way cities are, were formed and then the way they were kind of broken up through the national highway system and then the way they were trying to stitch back together and then the way... They were disbanded through the suburban movement and all these different sort of movements and watching the way community was either helped or hurt through those processes, mm-hmm. right, was the, the sort of great 
amount of study that we've all had to do, uh, and particularly Rob Parker, the, the the president of the town, you know, he's become a, a, a sort of expert in this matter, a, a national expert. But the the the, the idea that um, our our focus is on community results in really powerful things. Uh, typically around 3.30, we have a movie actually that's shooting in the town from one of our companies, I believe Entertainment Group. And um, and so you'll see like typical kind of scene, you know, cameras, blah, blah, blah. At 3.30, by the way, or four o'clock, somewhere around there, this town becomes a kid's playground because we purposely designed the, the streets narrow and the cars have to be in the back and it's all designed to be anti-friendly to cars, basically. Well, of course, the kids take over the town. They're on their bikes the car running around, and they're just, it's just crazy around here with kids, yeah. right? And then they, you can see they kind of disappear and go and start doing their homework or get ready for bed or whatever. But that period of the day is a reminder that we're a community, right? I mean, they're mm-hmm. literally, Harrison Ford was walking by here uh, in town just the other day. Those kids have no idea who Harrison Ford is. Yeah, they're right. just running around having a blast. If they knew, if they realized, oh my gosh, in this superhero movie, this is who it is. That's yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but that's not it. They're in in the middle yeah. of their own imaginations, in the middle of their own play, ah, and best. it creates a real sense of uh, community. Because, by the way, genuinely, it is a community. Mm-hmm. Right, and you think about how people who have fame and are at the level of a Harrison Ford and otherwise, that they don't get the luxury of being a regular person right. walking down the street right. without people bombarding them for selfies and autographs. Right. So what a refreshing real new reality for him right. to be able to be among other humans and, and be a regular person. <laughs> that's right. right. That's right. Yeah, that's that's refreshing. So you talked about the the cash value of attention, and I'd love to hear some of your thought leadership on some of the things that you do, the practical ways in which you are intent, uh, attentive to and generous toward your team. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I mean, sort of like more formally, right? We, we, we create a growth strategy for every team member. Mm-hmm. So they come in the door, typically hired for a job that has a particular remit that is pretty easy to describe. But that is, of course, the beginning of what we hope is a life-altering journey for each team member, right? Mm-hmm. So um, how do we plus up this team member? And so this strategy that we lay out starts with their responsibilities in this job, but then also their dreams and desires about where they want to be, mm-hmm. which does not have to be in our company, mm-hmm. right? So that's also often shocking to people. Because we're certainly willing to replant people, to, to use a potting yeah, metaphor. Yeah, the grow method, you know, sure. Uh, in adjacent companies here in the town. I just got through seeing Amy, who was working on our security team, and now she's a logistics lead for MBS uh, this morning. Uh, I was over there for an event. She came up and hugged me, and she, she said, I love this job. Well, she was a security team member, right? And our we have the largest lighting and grip company here um, on the lot. Uh, and um, uh, she's now a logistics lead for, for them. 
And so she's not working for us. She's working for MBS. I don't care. That's awesome. Connor started in the mailroom, uh, was working here at guest services at the front, now just became a coordinator for one of our sports broadcast companies that we invested in um, last year. And I, I was so happy when it happened. And what's funny is I always like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to be leaving. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. This is the growth we've been talking yes. about. This is exactly what we're talking yes. about. And so- it means, and by the way, it means investing in their education. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, everybody knows how much I value education. Um, obviously, I've been the dean of colleges, <laughs> at universities. Yes. And so I do concern about, you know, I, I am passionate about people learning to think critically and speak clearly and write persuasively and, 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 and being able to realize their dreams mm-hmm. through these tools that they can get if they're smart about education. So we do invest. Uh, I don't know if you remember Brittany, but she got yes, her MBA from Georgia Tech. And, um, you know, Tracy's finishing up a business uh, management degree right now. In another context, it might be, well, how much time is she spending at work and how much time is she spending at school? Mm-hmm. To me, the school is the work. And by the way, it's all paying off. Sure. She, she, what she comes to me with now is very different yeah. than what she was coming to me with before she went through that program. Right. And, and so, you know, it's, it's that conscious, planned team effort to have a growth strategy mm-hmm. for every team member. And that's hard, by the way, because, uh, you know, um, people learn uh, and they change their minds. They change the directions and they need to feel comfortable saying, you know what, I don't want to do this. I realize that what I love mm-hmm. is this, yes. you know, whatever it may be, right? Um, I've helped uh, two team members recently find jobs at, in, in, in other, at other companies that aren't related to us mm-hmm. uh, because they just realized they wanted to be doing something else. Wh- Great. What is, the, what is your philosophy behind all of that, Frank? I'm sure it's you and Craig and Zelda, right? You have an amazing team of people who are co-creating this. We have a responsibility, right? So I'm very blessed to be in the position that I'm in. I, I have a lot of responsibility. But if you think about it at the end of the day, how does the interaction of these team members in my life produce a better person in them, right, at the end of the day? And by the way, again, it's focused attention from me, from our team members, on them. And what happens is, and let, let me be a, uh, you know, McKenzie uh, uh, consultant who's only looking, and I, I'm not to, look, I like McKinsey a lot, but not to focus only on the bottom line, but let me do sure. it for just, just the bottom line. For so just, just the bottom line. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. What are you doing? You're, you're putting this money in this person. This person, as soon as they graduate, Brittany could go somewhere mm-hmm. else. And by the way, she got hit with all kinds of, you know, job opportunities, sure. right? So, and, and so, uh, I'm not picking on Brittany here, but you, you know, but just think of uh, you know many examples where people are then made that much more attractive to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. What I'm betting on, and so far we're right, is that they're not going to find a better environment to work in. They're not. They can go on job interviews, and rarely are they going to find someone who is so focused on what they need and where their growth is and how their growth can contribute to the growth of the company in a way that's authentic. Mm-hmm. Not just skills-based, because right. skills are important. Mm-hmm. But a way that 
your individual passions, the way you the way you bring value to your life can bring value to the company and to the group, and the way I can help you help mm-hmm. us, yeah. right? And and so I'm betting, and and so far we're right. This improves retention, yeah. right? We're putting a lot of money in growth of the individuals, and they're feeling it, and they're also getting the chance to. Uh, apply that growth in real meaningful ways daily in their jobs, and they see and feel the impact. Back to that and uh, Maya Angelou quote, you know, they feel it, and um, so it's it's really retention. Uh, it's cu- both employees and customers, right? Um, it really um, genuinely causes better health outcomes for each team member when they feel healthier and they feel healthy at work, right? Then the idea of leaving this environment for another 1% or whatever, right, of salary just seems like a big risk and they're not doing it for that. They're doing it because they love being here and uh, their comp packages definitely are competitive, um, but it's what's where, where I think we win is the culture that it really starts, of course, from generosity, right? Absolutely. And you're such an intentional person that I believe that this originated you and your executive leadership team as your intentional culture. Like, I want to create a culture where people are seen, heard, invested in, valued, respected, right? Well, the scary thing is culture is going to happen. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you, you're going to either inherit one that is a de facto result of not being intentional, or you're going to intentionally right. create it. So right you know, uh, you know, it, it really is a call to action for any leader. You know, it's the old saying: "Culture eats strategy for breakfast," right? And it's true. It's 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 literally everything. And for us, it's yeah. about how, if we're going to compete. Uh, if we're gonna uh, win, it's gonna be on 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 talent, uh, and it's gonna be the people who make it happen. And the only way to give them the ability to do that is to invest clearly, intentionally, and heavily in the people. And I'm mm-hmm. stating to what a lot of leaders is obvious. I think where my wake up moment was investing attention, right. And, uh-huh. and genuinely yes. being able to see what's needed. Oh, so awesome. All right, so I'm going to attempt to recap some oh, of this okay. in terms of a takeaway tip, because for all of our listeners, they may not be able to do exactly what you're doing, but what are some of the things that they've heard you say that they could apply to their own work and lives? So number one is the how do I use my attention? I think that is the biggest call to action that that I got is that you know the cash value of time, time is yeah. attention. I've even heard how do you spell love? T I M E. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So right, and then sleep, and how? And I loved how you said it's the efficacy at work. Like, how am I? What else could I do to be even more attentive, generous, present? Sleep being a big one exercise, you know, your well-being. And then when you're talking about community, I just think that whole consideration of how are we creating community, both in our workplaces and in our neighborhoods and in our, just in our lives, how, how are we a catalyst for community? I think that would be just mm-hmm. an interesting consideration for any one of us here. Um, and then the, the talking about investing in people, 
I mean, the, the way right. that you do it so elegantly no, at Trilith for people to think, how am I understanding what someone's career path could be and how are we enabling them to continue to grow? What else could you add, Frank? Anything, anything else you want to our listeners hear? Well, I, I mean, I just leave us with this thought. That I think about it a lot. It's, you know, the, 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 the always wise Dr. Seuss. <laughs> But, you know, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, I love the way he said that, right? Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. And that core concern about care and using your attention toward the care of another is really, um, I just, it's what I focus on and, I, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm the beneficiary of that because oh. it comes back in spades. Well, thank you for caring a whole awful lot the way you do. And really, for the blessing of our friendship and our partnership, I am deeply grateful. Oh, well, thanks, Shannon. It's so good to see you. And I, I, I just love that you're doing this. I love that you're getting the word out there. So Good, and I'll see you next week at Trillith. Okay, good. See you then. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.